You're listening to Goodman Sports Radio on 99.1 WDJYFM, and I have been joined with DeKalb County School District Athletics Liaison, Mark Brock. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show, and how have you been ever since coronavirus kind of kicked off? Hey, Darius. Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, without the sports, you know, it kind of limits what I can do, and we've been <clears throat> trying to do a few things to help the seniors and the kids that'll be, you know, playing again this next year, hopefully. Um, but, uh, you know, just like everybody else, you know, doing a lot of stuff around the house and trying to do what little work I can. Understandable, man. Well, I'm a DeKalb County product. I went to Martin Luther King Jr. High School. And over the last couple of years, I've seen that the athletics in DeKalb County Schools District has uh, grown. Can you kind of, I guess, encapsulate or explain how they've grown over the last couple of years for people who aren't very familiar with the DeKalb County, you know, brand of sporting and athletics? Uh, well, I mean, you know, number one, uh, you know, We've got a lot, a lot of really good athletes in the county. And, you know, that's, you know, as I said, you got to have the, the Jimmies and the Joes. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that's the bottom line. And the other thing is, is building up the coaches, um, developing coaches, the coaches that, that our mentors to the other coaches that help, uh, you know, the younger coaches learn how to build a program. Um, you know, that, that's a big key to it. Uh, you know, the, the coaches that have an idea of where to go with what they have to work with and um, just basically setting that foundation, uh, you know, with your your workout programs, uh, you know, throughout the year. Um, and, and it's just, you know, at one point we had a 13 year streak of, uh, basketball state championships. And, you know, we've come close a couple of years. Uh, you know, we lost a three point shot in the state finals two years in a row. Um, we came up, short of making the finals this year with Lithonia losing in four overtimes to Cedar Shoal. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, Cedar Grove has really built a heck of a football program. Uh, and a lot of these folks are all tied in together. They help each other a lot. Um, and, you know, that's a big key. You know, as far as our department goes, helping promote the programs as much as we can through uh, working with the media such as yourself and others, um, working with colleges. Uh, you know, one of the things we do is uh, a football video forum, which brings in coaches from smaller colleges or, you know, lower divisions. Um, and they get to see, sit down and see videos of kids from all over the county in, in one spot and they don't have to travel as much and that helps with their budget since they don't have a big budget like the, the power fives and whatnot. Okay. So that's, you know, just a few of the things. Wow. 
Actually, I didn't even know all that was happening behind the scenes. You know, I see it usually from the outside when I see that these young athletes get, uh, you know, go and commit to college. I didn't know that DeKalb County was doing so much. So that's actually a, a lot more uh, than what I guess you can see on the outside. I mean, unless you're going through that process as a DeKalb right. County athlete. Yeah, I mean, you know, we do, uh, you know, one of the big things we do, and I know you've seen them, is the media guides for all the sports. Um, Which are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Uh, You know, my uh, co-worker, Chris Chilton, has been doing those for uh, about 18 years. Uh, They started it uh, back in the 80s. um, And... uh, you know, it's a compilation of as much history and everything as we can, as well as, you know, like last year's stats, you've got kids coming back and they're in last year's stats. We've got it all online. You know, that's the other way we promote uh, is through the website, which uh, I actually began about, oh goodness, maybe 15 years ago when we really got that going good. Uh, and it's developed over the years. We've got a page for each sport. We put up the media guides for each sport online. Uh, so the media and uh, the parents, the uh, colleges can all get, as well as the stats throughout the season, try to update them as soon, you know, as, soon as we can uh, when uh, coaches give us the information. Uh, so, you know, it, it, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, yeah, man. I like seeing all those moving parts. All right. So as we know, DeKalb County School District is going to go through a couple of region realignments. Any any of those uh, region alignments uh, helping the county? Because I know a lot of people talk about, uh, I remember a couple years ago, Henry County moved most of their schools into one specific region, and it was a money-based decision. Was mm-hmm. part of some of that, for DeKalb County this upcoming season, was part of that part of that uh, reasoning as to, you know, save money or save on travel or maybe stop traveling as far out as some other schools had been doing? Uh, well, not necessarily that uh, aspect of it. The, the big thing this year was we had a lot of movement with schools whose uh, enrollment dropped over the last four years. Um, We've had, uh, the last two years, McNair has been in 2A, uh, which they had been in 3A for years and years. Um, and now they're joined uh, by several other schools in, in a 2A region. Um, and we've got, we've got one 6A, uh, 7A team, which is Dunwoody. Lakeside had been 7A for four years, and that their enrollment had dropped enough that they fell into 6A. Um, you've got schools like Stevenson, uh, MLK, and several others that have uh, dropped. Uh, you know, the, the, the enrollment is, you know, it, a lot of it is based on, you know, the explosions in different areas of the counties. You know, where, where the growth is, is there, and then other sections that it's not as much um so a lot of the movement is based you know on the fact that some schools have gotten bigger some have gotten smaller we you know 
the last four years we've had one region that which was all the cab teams which was our 5a group um, you know southwest of cab arabia mountain shambly and um, you know several others um, so we you know it's just the when, when it comes down to those numbers you know that's that's how they get lined and you know one of the good things with this is we're getting uh, a few of our old rivals back in some of our regions which uh, uh, like St. Pius and Marist which you know had been traditional rivals with a lot of the schools over the years playing in the same region had been playing in uh, regions north of here for the last four years and uh, you know they were doing a lot of extra travel and i think they're pretty happy that they're back in a more local region now um you know the, they were doing a lot of traveling you know at rush hour uh going north from here you know and it was taking them quite a while to get the games and things so um, you know now they've got most of their teams are right in cab or maybe Atlanta for the most part so that does help uh, with the, the travel aspect of it oh man that's actually pretty cool all right so from your perspective when we had coronavirus kind of come through and halt the GHSA season I know you're not on the school level you're on the more county level so right. what was the process or if you can even indulge us what was the process behind DeKalb County you know immediately halting play and following the GHSA guidelines. And then of course, when the governor, you know, announced it, how hard was that process or was it really a no brainer? We need to just stop everything we're doing. Well, it was, you know, you hate to ever see anything in, in such a fashion. Um, and, you know, we were all disappointed, you know, uh, but, the, the main thing was trying to keep everybody as safe as possible. Um, and, you know, when, when you have to uh, stop school completely, it pretty much puts a halt to any extra, you know, extracurricular activities. So, and athletics is one of those. Um, and when you're in this situation, when they don't really, you know, especially at that time, we didn't know how involved this would be you know, what steps would eventually end up having to be taken. And, um, but, you know, we tried to prepare for the worst and then, you know, it actually ended up being that, um, you know, trying to get, uh, everybody to realize, you know, you can't, you can't continue practicing. You can't, uh, you know, get together in groups and, and practice on your own. You, you know, you have to do, uh, individual stuff and and you know that's tough on kids that are used to being around their friends teammates they've played with for years um and then you know you got your parents you know that uh, travel around and follow their kids and sports all throughout the year um you know and everything's just shut down and people you know have a void and it's tough you know just like myself you know <laughs> As you know, I, I'm going to games several days a week, several nights a week, and uh, and then doing the stories and putting them up online, you know, and so all that halted for me, and 
I'm trying to gather in as many stats right now as possible to try to help, you know, as kids move forward. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's just tough on everybody. It's uh, sports are a big part of most people's lives, uh, especially in you know the South. And uh, so it, the uh, school system did what they needed to do and uh, followed the guidelines, and that's just where we are. Very true. I mean, it sounds like it was very tough because you also kind of have to look back at the numerous amounts of seniors that didn't have their seasons or their seasons were cut short. Um, You've seen them kind of all growing up. Uh, How does that make you feel, you know, as not just an AD of like a school, I mean, as the county AD, seeing the numerous amounts of seniors not not finish the seasons that they started? Oh, it's tough because, you know, you've got these kids that have been excelling for the last couple of years, you know, we've had uh, several really good track athletes, you know, that didn't get to run and, and we didn't have our county meets. We didn't have our middle school county meet, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that uh, uh, gymnastics, we didn't get to have the gymnastics county championships, um, you know, all that, and these kids that have performed and worked so hard and to see that just cut off and their opportunities to play for championships and and uh, show people what they're capable of it's just really tough to see um you know uh we got we had uh you know shambly girls tennis team had won three straight state championships and and had a really good, solid team coming back with a chance to maybe go for four, you know, and, and you see that come to the end. Um, and you got these, you know, seniors that had these high expectations, uh, you know, and the recruiting aspect of it where, you know, people can't see them play. Um, you know, we our all-star events, which are, you know, like for basketball and baseball are used as a recruiting tool as well. And we can't have them. And, you know, that that hurts the kids that maybe have not been seen as much. Uh, so, so like the basketball is mostly for unsigned uh, seniors, all-star game. So uh, all that kind of puts a, a damper on so many dreams, you know, um, and the fact that some of these kids are still getting signed, that's been a great thing. Um, a lot of the schools have done virtual signings where they did everything online so people could join in. Um, you know, but people are doing what they can to help and, you know, we're doing what we can. So it's, it's a group effort, you know, throughout the county. All right. And real quick. So what would have been the, the troubles? You know, of course, the troubles of stopping the seasons as they were was tough. Of course, had we resumed, uh, how would you think that would have panned out in terms of like a scheduling standpoint for all the sports, all the schools involved? Like, how do you think that 
that would have looked from the outside. Well, you know, if anything had resumed, it would have been region-based. Uh, all your non-region games would have probably been canceled because you would need to play your region games to, to qualify, you know, for state. Um, that kind of thing would be the focal point, I believe, because that was the, that would be the only way they could really proceed and and you know finish the seasons and have the playoffs before school finished. Okay. So, I guess, Mark, real quick. So, where can we find more information about the Cap County School Athletics? I mean, I know the answer, personally speaking, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure some of our listeners out there don't know how to get some of that that good DCSD athletics content. So, tell us where we can find you. Uh, the uh, uh, main website is um, thecabschoolsga.org. Uh, slash athletics um and once you get to that page you have a list of all the different sports uh each page has uh stories you know from throughout the year um and some even going back for the last couple you can you know even go back and find some older stuff we've got uh, a history section on each sport in the county you know, with the number of championships, outstanding performers, um, and, you know, we have schedule page, which we usually have the uh, media guide up on now, um, and then uh, stats page for each school. Ah, sweet. All right, I'm going to make sure I go. Actually, you taught me something new. There was actually one part of that I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, then we have the Twitter account, DC. SD Athletics, um, which, you know, I try to update stuff and, and you know, do live video. No, I, that's kind of hard to do <laughs> for me because, uh, especially when I'm out of game, um, you know, I can do a, like a little short something before the game starts, but during the game, I'm keeping up with the stats and taking photos for the, for the website. So, uh, and, and trying to tweet so <laughs> doing video would be uh four things to try to do at one time <laughs> uh who knows maybe maybe you grow an extra set of arms because that's what it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you're working with three so if you grow an extra one in between now and and the fall i'm assuming you'll be able to do that video perfectly right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that we can move forward, you know, this fall. Uh, yeah, they, they're looking at, um, you know, trying to get it, uh, folks started back, you know, workouts in July, I believe. Uh, I believe that's what the GHSA had, had talked about. Uh, I know some of the other states have already uh, uh, determined, you know, when they're planning to get things going back. Uh, you know, with colleges starting to say they're going to have students on campus, you know, in the fall, that's a good sign um, that things, you know, because we'll, the, I believe the state will follow along, you know, with what the colleges and, and stuff do because that they kind of go hand in hand as far as, you know, when the sports run and all that. So that'll kind of be a guideline, I believe, along the way. 
Very true. Well, Mark, hey, I appreciate you coming through the work from home studio where we're all socially distancing still to this very day. I mean, I'm getting kind of cooped up. I'm getting cabin fever. I don't go anywhere. I've been inside ever since like March 20th. It's been crazy. I want to go out somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, I can't stay inside. So I've been doing yard work, which is not one of my most favorite things to do. But I've been able to get some things done, uh, cleaning up, uh, you know, around and, and repairing this and that. So uh, I know a lot of people have been doing that. Uh, a lot of people have been at Home Depot, I know. <laughs> so uh, it's it's not easy. And, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, especially like the, the seniors that, you know, are more susceptible to this that you know can't even get out and do much of anything and it, you know it's tough or and it's tough on people's uh psyche you know so just have to try to you know keep in contact with people and uh you know keep everybody you know let everybody know you're still there and that you care and uh, it's it's uh key to you know keeping everybody where they can uh keep moving forward very true well i can't wait to have a lot more of the cab county programs and cab county schools inside this radio show mark once again thank you for coming out can't wait to see you back on those sidelines when the fall comes all right thank you i'm looking forward to it there's I'm joined on Goodman Sports Radio 99.1 WDJY with Jesse Iwuji, NASCAR driver. Jesse, we just had Black History Month a couple of months ago, back in February, and I caught up with Bill Lester a while back. And Bill Lester was my idol growing up when he first made his start at Atlanta Motor Speedway in 2006 as a NASCAR, you know, Cup Series driver. I was only 13. You found your love of NASCAR in 2006, when again, I was 13. So tell me about how that all kind of came together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, definitely uh, I have a a really, really different path uh, towards uh, how I got to where I'm at right now. And, you know, most people, you know, for their racing careers, they, you know, they they knew they were going to be race car drivers since they were, you know, five years old. A lot of people started racing go-karts at five and started moving up from there, racing legends and then, um, you know, going into late models and late models, uh, maybe, you know, ARCA or K&N series and trucks and eventually just all the way up. That, like, it's pretty much the typical path. For me, um, I didn't know anything about racing really <laughs> at that age. So, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and, you know, football over there is king. So um, high school football was, you know, the thing I was really focusing on once I got into high school um, about 2001 or so. And um, I had this big goal to go off to college and play college football. So um, I worked really hard to get myself better at football so that I could even have the opportunity to get recruited. And then by my senior year in high school, um, I got start, I started getting recruited by the Naval Academy. And I just looked at the opportunity as a good one to go off to the Naval Academy, um, play great football for a great team, get a really, really good education. And then also when I graduate, have a career started for me as a Naval officer um, you know, in the United States Navy. So um, took that opportunity, went there to the Naval Academy for four years, uh, played great football there for four years, won a lot of games, and then um, graduated in 2010 
and became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. So for the surface warfare officer guys, we're the folks on the ships, pretty much operating the ships. So uh, when, I, when I started doing that, um, you know, my first four years in the Navy active duty, I was on two different ships, went on two different deployments and uh, went to a lot of great places while doing that and, you know, got to do my small part in, you know, protecting the country. So that was great. But outside of the Navy, you know, I still had passions for sports and things like that. And since football wasn't really available to me anymore, since I was done playing college football, I needed needed that next extreme thing to do. And uh, for some reason, I had this passion in cars and I was a car enthusiast. And, um, you know, I during uh, during my off times during those first four years in the Navy, I uh, would take my personal cars to drag strips and to road course tracks and doing open track days. And I had a lot of fun doing that. But after about four or so years of doing that, I was like, you know what? Like I've never been the type of person to sit at the lowest level of whatever I'm doing. I'd like to take this to the highest level I can. And, uh, you know, why not? Why not try to become a professional race car driver? So I was sitting in my room one night, January 2014. I looked at my whiteboard that I I had sitting there and I, I took it off the wall and I wrote on the whiteboard and I said, Jesse, become a professional race car driver and that's literally where everything really kind of began and and yes i had exposure to some racing stuff prior to that you know obviously i did the track days and as you mentioned in 2006 i got the opportunity to go to charlotte motor speedway during one of our um, bowl game festivity things that we were doing and uh, i got a ride in a uh, ride along cup car around the track so that was kind of my first time at a nascar track but really hadn't done anything racing related until the point I decided that I wanted to do it. So once I made that decision, all of a sudden it was like, okay, now where do I go? What do I do? Because, you know, at that point, that was 2014. Um, Obviously, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like, you know, a kid anymore. I'm a fully grown person. (laughs) So uh, I had to figure out, okay, where do I go? What do I do? So I started doing some research online, looking online, figuring out, hey, how do you get into racing, things like that. As a lot of people know, the moment you go online and start researching that stuff, you will see everybody's negativity on like, it's not possible, it's not possible, it's not possible. Unless you're like super rich, you got super rich parents or blah, 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 blah. You start when you're five years old, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I wasn't going to let that like in my journey. I wasn't going to let that because I didn't have all that stuff. I wasn't going to let that be the reason why I can't do it. I was just going to figure out a way around it. You know, so people said you needed money. Okay, cool. Well, if I don't have it, then what do I do? I go find it. I go make it happen. I go create it or have someone give it to me. So I got to figure it out either way. And that's what I started doing. I started basically researching and learning marketing and learning how sponsorships work and how they truly, truly work. A lot of people just think that you just walk up to a company and they hand you money and this, this doesn't happen like that. And then I started learning business stuff. So I started my own small business to make extra money on the side. And that's all the stuff I started doing and putting together to be able to have the funding to be able to even get on track. And then I spent a lot of time on iRacing to, to learn tracks, learn how to drive a late model because late models were the first thing I was going to start in and um, learned all that stuff and put it all together and then began racing in 2015 and uh, basically kind of kept on repeating the same tactics over and over and over for the last five years to now get myself up to the NASCAR truck series. Yeah, speaking of the truck series and, and speaking of iRacing, that's actually where I ran into you at like uh, yesterday uh, at Talladega Super Speedway. Ironic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get on iRacing pretty much each day. Pretty much spend about an hour to two hours or so on iRacing and a set of Corsa. 
Um, just, you know, just practicing and teaching myself car control, teaching myself tracks, teaching myself some racing techniques and just training. I mean, I feel, feel like I need to train every single day so that I can stay on top of my game. Understandable. Hopefully you'll get one of those invites to that NASCAR. E, uh, uh, what is it? NASCAR E Pro Invitational. I would love to see you up there. So being one of the African-American figures that are in NASCAR, you're alongside Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace had kind of the same tr career trajectory, although he started out with a Legends car and then worked his way up the steps and you worked your way in a different way. But seeing as we have now, usually we have one African-American that us African-Americans can rely on to help us in that sport. We have two. We got you. Bubba Wallace. And then on top of that, we got the many other ones that are behind the wall, behind these crews and working hard. There was the change in dynamic from the garage. Uh, when you saw it in 2006, it probably wasn't as pronounced as it is now. Can you probably describe that dynamic of how it's changed from 06 to, you know, when you first saw it to now? Yeah, things have definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, I think NASCAR and the teams have gotten smart and just learned that, hey, like, you know, it's 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 the 21st century, you know, color is here. <laughs> so, um, you know, starting to really integrate all different kind of, you know, uh, types of people from different backgrounds has, I think, really helped NASCAR because, you know, people from different backgrounds come with uh, different sets of skills and different sets of knowledge and and experiences that can help teams. You know, you got to be open to all different kind of ways, you know, I mean open to the world you know people coming from different places just sometimes have sometimes you know different experiences that can be very very helpful um and and, and i think and i've seen the integration really change a lot over the last few years and i'm um, seeing a lot of different people females too females uh, getting into the pit crews females driving females um being on the industry side um you know all different types of folks so that's really it's really great that it's happening and it's a good thing for nascar because it needs to happen i mean it's 2020 now you know, we got to, you know, everyone has to move with the times. Everyone has to change. You can't be a slow moving ship. You got to be able to, uh, you know, change direction super quick and move where 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 the people's attention and, and um, you know, ideas and innovation are going. Understandable. And speaking of all that, you know, I think we can probably relate a little bit of this to Rev Racing, you know, Drive for Diversity, which is really a big focal point for NASCAR. I mean, they're even helping with a team out there to try to get more minorities, not just blacks, but, you know, women, Asian Americans, Asian Latinos, whatever, whatever your ethnicity is. Rev Racing is there for, you know, people to have that doorway. Have you been in contact with Rev Racing or the Drive for Diversity program to possibly, you know, talk about the diversity aspect? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Drive for Diversity program is a really, really good program for like young up and comers and stuff. I know I I had applied for it back when I first started racing in 2015. I applied, but when I applied, I was like one year too old for their program. I think they're at that time. I don't know if they still have it, but at that time, the age cutoff was like 26, I think. And I was like 27 when I first started. So um, I was just a little bit too old for their age cutoff. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. So uh, I didn't ever get, I, I was never ever in that program, but I did get to do some um, like media stuff with the NASCAR diversity team who works on the industry side. I've done a lot of stuff with those folks over the last few years. Um, I was able to win the uh, NASCAR diverse driver award two years in a row, um, which was pretty cool. So. Um, yeah, everything that NASCAR is doing for diversity and, and having that team to even allow 
young drivers who are minorities, whether they're females or African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, you name it, for those people to have an opportunity to go race and, and not have to bring like a ton of funding to do it. Um, it's a really cool opportunity because getting funding is hard, you know, and that's like the big barrier that stops a lot of people, especially people of color, um, getting into racing. So um, to have that program available to people, I think it's really, really awesome. Awesome. So a little bit about you, I guess. Uh, tell us something that we don't know about Jesse. Let's see. What do people not know about me? Um, I don't know. I put out so much stuff. Um uh, you know what? If people don't know about my um, my my little hidden my little hidden talent about doing uh, movie trailer voices, I can do those like the like a scary movie kind of stuff. I can actually like I can do that, and I don't know if I'm one day I'm gonna do it for real. <laughs> but some people tell me I should. I don't know, but I can like do that like you know, that scary movie voice. You know the one that, the one ones that do the trailers and stuff. Um, give you a quick example uh <clears throat> one man one decision one desire but what they didn't know was someone's playing a deadly game <laughs> wow that's actually gold <laughs> yo i felt like i was about to get into a horror movie i started looking around Cause, you know, we're all under quarantine right now, so it's like I'm already a little stir crazy being in in the house all the time, and you, you made me have to look around because I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> where's it coming from? In a world where few survive, he had one chance, and his chance was to fight back. All right, you know I got a I got a sword in my room, you know. Uh, I, can, I can fight back with that right there. <laughs> oh man, Jesse, you gonna go somewhere with that one? It just kind of like how it was for me though. Uh, and I'm not gonna talk about myself too much. Uh, somebody told me because I was a, at one point I was a print journalist, and with coronavirus, I got laid off from my job um, mm -hmm. about two weeks ago on a Friday at 9:27 a.m. Yes, I got fired on Friday. Go figure. Um, and someone said, hey, you should try taking your podcast, which at the time only had three episodes. And he said, you should try going in for the radio. And somebody sent my podcast into the radio and said, you should uh, bring him in. And that's how I landed on the radio. <laughs> nice, so nice. I feel you. That's what's going to happen to you, Jesse. Somebody's going to hear this. They're going to be like, we got to have him do our, our next you know, trailer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I could do voiceover stuff a little bit. And uh, so I always tell people, you know, I'm doing the NASCAR thing right now. I'm doing racing and all that. But, um, you know, there's going to be a point where I just basically, you know, retire from, you know, racing professionally, you know. And and when I do that, I'm, I'm moving into the Hollywood world. I'm going to be in movies. I'm going to be in big blockbuster films. I'm going to be in whether it's going to be the Marvel comic universe or it's going to be, you know, DC Universe, or it's going to be um, Transformers, Fast and Furious. I don't know. I'm going to be somewhere. And uh, I, I can see myself doing that. I'm definitely going to be a movie where I've always loved movies. I love filming, directing, all that stuff. I love being in the stuff. So um, definitely going to make that happen eventually. Understandable. I can't wait to hear about it. All right. So we're not done yet with you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go 20 questions with you, Jesse. 20 questions, rapid fire, one answer. All right? One answer. Yes. Cool. One answer. PlayStation or Xbox? 
PlayStation. Good man. I like that. <laughs> Puma or Reebok? Reebok. Yeah, I like, I like you a lot. Coffee or water? <laughs> water. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's one. This one's gonna, this is going to trip you up. Because if you're a gamer, you're going to know this one. I know you're going to know this one. Persona 5 or Final Fantasy? Uh, say that one more time. Persona 5 or Persona, the Persona series or Final Fantasy? Oh, Final Fantasy all day. Ooh. That, that, that hurts day. my heart a little bit. That hurts my heart all a bit. Day. All seven, day. Eight, seven and eight. Best, some of the best games ever made. You know, Seven's remake is coming out. Yeah, you know, I haven't followed any of this stuff in a long time, but I know back in the day when I had my, um, you know, PlayStation and PS2 and all that stuff. Yeah, and I had seven and eight, and uh, I actually played, I believe I played eight before I did seven. And uh, me and my brothers, we would all play it together. Basically, like I would be the actual person playing, and they would sit there and just help me figure things out. But um, yeah, seven and eight, though, they're just amazing games, amazing stories. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. I got another one. Anime or cartoon? Uh, anime. I'm a Robotech guy, a Gundam Wing guy, a Dragon Ball Z guy, you know, all that stuff. Yes. Not very many people <laughs> are willing to admit the anime aspect. I love me some anime. Um, yeah. Laptops, HP laptop or Microsoft uh, Surface? Uh, yeah, laptops. Google laptops. I mean, I love laptops. I got an HP laptop right now that can fold into a 360, uh, you know, foldable. I still love it. Brought it in 2011. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Bill Lester or Bubba Wallace? Uh, Bill Lester. Um, really love everything you do. I mean, nothing against Bubba Wallace, but uh, yeah, Bill Lester. I mean, he was like, he like really, he was like the next big African-American guy that really paved the way in NASCAR, I think, you know? And yeah, he didn't have a long career doing it. Um, I just think he just needed some more support. And at that time, I think NASCAR was still trying to figure a lot of stuff out on the diversity side. But, um, you know, the guy, he, he was just a very skilled driver, you know, just, I think just needed some more support. Very true. Very true. Actually, I'm going to write an article about that. So you'll see exactly what he says in regards to all that. There was, there's a lot about Bill Lester that I didn't know when I was younger. And there's probably a lot that a lot of people don't know about him. So I can't wait for you to actually you know, see that article in the future. I'll make sure I let you know. Oh my gosh. All right. Amazon or Walmart? Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Oh, it's a go-to. I mean, but man, Walmart, I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Okay before but amazon's making it easy I, I, now i just actually the other day um i went to walmart you know because i'm used to going to walmart and i went there and i got there and i stopped in the parking lot and i parked and i was like you know what i go in there and i sat in the parking lot and ordered what i needed from amazon right there in the parking lot and then i drove come on jesse you can't do yeah. that yeah i did that well and no, I, I, I had to support Amazon because I, me and my brothers have a trucking business and most of our um, work we do is with Amazon. So I got to support the Amazon side so that they can keep on having business, which they will always have business. And, uh, you know, so we can keep on making money. 
understandable. You got to always make money. I'm finding ways to make money after losing my job. So we always got to make some money, right? Yeah, exactly. Kingdom Hearts versus... Hmm. Honestly, I don't know what to put Kingdom Hearts up against. Um, Super Saturn? I, okay, I never played Kingdom Hearts. I know of it. I just never played it. Um, I mean, Kingdom Hearts wasn't that bad of a game, honestly. Yeah. It has your favorite it, Disney characters in it. Yeah, it has all that stuff. Yeah, I never played it, though. That's the thing. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we'll skip it. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> In terms of NASCAR games, when when do you think you're going to arrive as a driver? If you're ever, like when you're in the NASCAR game or or what? Is that when you think um, that well, you arrive? Once I uh once once I um uh once I race full time. Cuz I mean I race part time right now, you know? So once I race full time, that's when I'll be in the game. So when do you think you're going to go full-time, man? Because I want to see you out there full-time. We got Bubba out there that's full-time. I want to see Jesse out there full-time. I mean, we get two blacks that are full-time drivers. I mean, could you imagine? Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be awesome, especially in the Cup Series. That would be really, really awesome. Now, it, it'll happen eventually. It's just the funding side of it. Um, it just takes so much money to be able to do it. So each year for the last few years, you know, when I was running, you know, K&N Series, I ran full-time there because I was able to, through my business, make enough money on the side to be able to make it happen. Um, but then once I moved up the truck series, it got quite a bit more expensive. So, um, you know, that's why I haven't been able to run full time. So each year, basically, you know, like my first year in trucks, I ran, well, I ran a lot of Canaan and Arca that year, but then I ran two truck races. Then last year, well, the second year I was running trucks, I ran only like five or six, yeah, six uh, truck races. And then, uh, you know, this year, um, you know, waiting for the season to really kick back off so I can go run a little bit more trucks and maybe some Xfinity stuff. So. Um, it's just it's just money, you know. We just we need more money. I mean, for me to go run a full season just on my team that I race with, I mean, it, it it's gonna cost you know quite a bit of cash. <laughs> so um, just gotta find it, you know. You'll find it. I look. There's a lot of people out there that want to see you succeed. I want to see you succeed because. I wanted to be a NASCAR driver when I was younger and I never found a way to procure money or I just didn't study hard enough to make that happen. Totally my fault. Young kid didn't think, think, you know, didn't think it through. That was me. Yeah. But I believe in you and I'm pretty sure anybody out there will believe in you and want to see you succeed, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely for sure. We, we got, we got a lot of good supporters and stuff. We just got to keep on pushing, keep on making it happen. That's why I'm doing so many things. You know, whether it's looking for sponsorship or, you know, my business stuff, I'm trying to do it all so that because one of those things are going to hit. The business stuff is going to be something that can, I think, can hold me all the way through life. Um, the sponsorship is here here and there. Like it's here some days, it's not here some days. So I don't want to rely on other people, you know, having to support me the whole time because they can pull out at any moment. Whereas the business stuff, I can control that more and find ways to make more money and have that be going all the time. So. Um, I would love to get the business stuff to a point where, you know, I can be like the next like Pinsky or something or or Hendrick and have, you know, a bunch of big business stuff going on that supports the racing program. Understandable. Well, I said we were going to have 20 questions, but then I ran out of questions to ask because like you answered all my fun questions really easily. <laughs> yeah. And that made me a little, uh, well, one, a little happy because I didn't know you were an anime guy. That's actually new to me. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, two or three of the biggest ones: Dragon Ball Z, um, uh, Robotech, and um, Gundam Wing. Robotech and Gundam Wing were some of my favorite shows right there when I was growing up. Because I, I was really into that kind of stuff, and I still am. I mean, that's why I, I love the Marvel Comic Universe stuff. I love Star Trek. I love Star Wars. I love um, all that stuff. All that sci-fi type stuff. Like I love it because. I, I can see our human race eventually being there and doing it. Not now, because people haven't put enough attention to it. But if we just put our minds to it, we'll be in space and we'll have cool tech in space flying out there and doing things. And the next big battle will be in space, like the next major, major stuff. Like not like right now, but when I say major, like eventually we're going to find life out there. And eventually there's going to be trouble. <laughs> Oh no, he has already foreshadowed trouble, everybody out there. So be aware. The, the, the moment, so the moment a new area is found, there's now the 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 fight for who owns it, who has the rights to it, who can monetize it. You know, the moment you find life somewhere, all of a sudden there's stuff that's supporting that life. There's something that the life is feeding off of and using to support itself. And then you, and then that, and then you're just into this this hole, this rabbit hole, where you're just finding more and more and more stuff. And then people are going to fight for those resources and claim stakes to that land. And, and we're, we, we all are going to be fighting for it. And then we're probably going to be fighting for it against something out there that we don't even know of yet. It's crazy. Dude, that is crazy. Now you got me thinking now. See, now you already made me feel paranoid in my house with the, with the scary trailer. Okay. <laughs> and then you made me feel good because you said I was going to fight back. And I got, I got the things I need to fight back. And now you got me looking up at my at my sky, like there's probably life out there. Jesse, stop! You're you're gonna you're gonna make me paranoid before all this is over. And I'm already paranoid enough about coronavirus right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a crazy. I mean, the universe. If you look at it, I mean, I don't know if you ever seen one of those little videos that show how big the Earth is compared to the the universe, where it starts off with here's you know your city, here's your state, here's your country, here's the Earth. Here's your solar system. Here's your this and that. Here's this and that. And it keeps on going and going and going and going. You know, you realize like literally the earth is like, it's like a little atom in a freaking like, in like a football stadium. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's paranoid now. Yeah. You're scaring me, Jesse. 1977. There was a, um, I believe it was a 72 second radio signal that was sent from space to Earth. And it was it was recorded. And still to this day, that's 1977. Still to this day, we still don't know where it came from. But it was a full on radio signal sent. Like it like oh. it's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I need to start uh, paying a little bit more. I need to stop paying so much attention to the anime and start paying attention to what's going on out there in that solar system of ours. Because that seems to be the bigger problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's stuff out there. But yeah, I remember too, like, you know, think about anime, think about sci-fi, all that stuff. You know, you, you see all these um, different ways people have made different, you know, cartoon type stuff and um, all different kind of stories and stuff. All these stuff that people thought of, like, when you can think of something and conceptualize it in your mind, it's because it's something that's possible right like all this stuff right. is minds you know like i mean I, I don't know if you're a huge religious person i am but like god puts all this stuff in our mind because it's possible you know and he made us be able to see things that we can potentially achieve you know 
And, um, you know, so people making these cartoons and these movies and stuff, who can think of all these big stuff. And like they did it because like it's something possible, maybe not at this second, but it is something down the road that is possible. You know, I mean, you know, just think about, you know, the Jetsons, you know, people were like, you know, talking about I think they had cell phones in there or something like that. Right. At that time when that show was made, it wasn't there was no cell phones around. There was nothing like it. Someone thought of it and eventually it happened. You know, it all starts in the mind. If you can conceptualize it in your mind, it's possible in real life. It just might take a while because of people and their slow moving speed. So, um, yeah, it's all possible. I think we'll be out there and we're going to find something out there. We're going to see something, someone, and it, life's going to change. Hmm. You've already changed my my life by making me think about all this stuff, Jesse. I'm not even trying to be funny or great or, you know, weird or nothing. You already got me thinking about it. Now I'm really mm-hmm. going to take a look a little bit closer at everything I do and try to figure out, okay, is this like humanly possible? Because now I'm going to have to start thinking about it and start looking at it. Yeah. If you can see it in your mind, it's definitely possible. Just doesn't mean that it happens immediately, but it's definitely possible. You, if you can't see it in your mind, you just you can't make it happen. You got to be able to see it. Everything starts as a thought. Like if, imagine like the Wright brothers, right? Or during that time, who could really conceptualize a, a, a big metal object flying in the air for extended periods of time? Who could really conceptualize that? Not many people. So they couldn't really make it happen. But these people could. Them and a few other people could conceptualize. They're like, hey, I think I can put something in the air and it can hold people. And it can fly for a long period of time. And, they, and, they, and people thought they were crazy. They thought they were wizards. They thought they were doing witchcraft, whatever. And they made it happen. And now we're flying Delta, American Airlines, all that stuff. Like somebody had to see it. You know, somebody had to see a horseless carriage in their mind. They're like, like in the, it, prior to that, everyone thought there's no way a little vehicle can move without a horse pulling it like there's just no way like you have to have an animal or people pulling it there's just no way someone's like no i can make something that's horseless and they did it now we have bugattis and lamborghinis and you know corvettes and nissan gtrs so yeah speaking of nissan gtrs i still want one (laughs) yeah i just picked up one a few weeks ago my r32 skyline gtr it's been a pretty fun little car if you're ever in Georgia with that, uh, feel free to swing by, pick me up, and uh, let me let's take it on I-285, which is uh, Georgia's international speedway. <laughs> international. Over the I-20. <laughs> it was one of the it's one of the eyes here. I I know if you're ever driving on our on our uh, on our interstates here in Georgia, sometimes mm-hmm. people see the speed limit and it's just a suggestion. I know <laughs> we have a couple of interstates out there where somebody was touching 120 and bragging about it. Mm, I, I, and he, even in, te- in Texas, it gets crazier, especially during Texas 2K time, which is an event that happens out there in Houston. People are street racing on the highways out there at over 200 miles per hour. Like literally people have clocked themselves at over 200 street racing over there, like on the highways. It's pretty crazy. Well, then I'm on my way to Texas. I want to take my little uh, Toyota TC and make it go fast. USAA yeah. did not just hear that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> USAA, I never did it. I'm a USAA member. Um, yeah, no, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of USAA, you do have um, you've been a spokesperson for them for, uh, before, right? Yeah, I've been doing stuff with them over the last few years. Um, USAA, really great brand, and um, you know, I've been a USAA member since 
believe 2008, so about 12 years now. Um, they've always done me right. You know, I've, I've gotten all my insurance, car loans, uh, pretty much any loan, I believe, um, has gone through uh, USA. So um, really great people over there, very nice to work with, um, like whether you're going through their customer service or, you know, working with their um, you know, executives and stuff like that. Really cool people, great people. Um, if anyone has a chance to go see their campus in San Antonio, it's huge. This thing is, I believe it's a little, just a hair bit bigger than the Pentagon. So um, it is it is massive. I think like 30,000 plus people work there, something crazy. Um, but uh, really cool people love working with USA. And eventually we got to figure out a way to have me and them on track at the same time. You know, that would be amazing. I think that would be a pairing or a match made in heaven. Yes, it would. Jesse, I want to thank you for taking some, you know, some time out of your day, out of your quarantine life where you've stolen all the toilet paper um, <laughs> to come <laughs> join me. <laughs> to come join me on Goodman Sports Talk Radio on 99.1 WDJY here in Georgia. Um, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for racing with me as well. I know I shouldn't be saying that, but hey, thanks for racing with me on iRacing. Thanks for working with me. And I wish I could have, you know, kept you up in that spot that we were in. We just got past on the last lap. You know, it was crazy on that last lap because people were like, I don't know who that, who that, what that group was that came that were trying to take us out. But like, like I was like, what is going on here? Like, who are they? People. I felt like I was like, you know, speed racer, like in the cartoons during a race. And all of a sudden, like the bad guys come out of nowhere and they're trying to take you out. Like, I was like, where do these people come from? <laughs> yeah, I was worried about it because I saw, well, I know I tried going up to block the run and I moved just a hair too late. I wound up accidentally hooking the first car and then um, the other guy tried, right. So the other guy tried to squeeze through on the right side and I didn't. I thought I gave him enough room because I was trying to slow him down. And you know how iRacing has a net code issue sometimes. Mm -hmm. I look back at the replay because I'm always going to admit faults if I wreck somebody. I wrecked yeah. the, the 88 car. That was my fault. I did apologize to him. And then the other guy, I just net coded into him. There was no true contact. He just yeah. got that spun and I was like, it's like, wow, I, I wrecked one guy intentionally. Didn't mean to take the other guy. But, uh, hey, we still finished in the top five. Yeah, I didn't, you know, funny thing is I didn't expect, I didn't want to actually do that whole race. I was going to literally do a few laps because what I was trying to do is I was trying to stream it and my streaming wasn't working the way I wanted to. So I was only going to do like one or two laps and then just jump out. And then all of a sudden that big wreck happens. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to ride it out, you know. And then, um, yeah, then hop in line with you and then just keep running. Hey, look, I'm a great pusher when it comes down to that restricted play stuff. I got to show you a thing or two or what I can do. I'm not a professional and by no means, so I'm never going to top you on that. At least not yet. No, no, you did good. You did. It, it was good. It was all good. All good. Hey, we were running together and we had some cars that were fully, uh, fully repaired and taken care of. I'm pretty sure we would have been up there scrapping it up for the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> all right, Jesse. But again... Thanks for joining me on Goodman Sports Talk Radio. Um, can't wait to see you out there on the track. Can't wait for this quarantine to be over. And meanwhile, you guys can catch Jesse Awuji on his social medias, which is on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, what else? Oh, Snapchat. Yeah, I'm on Snap. I mean, I don't do too much on Snap, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I don't even do much on Twitter anymore. There's uh, too many negative Nancys on there. So um, I just uh, I post here and there on Twitter, but mainly Instagram and Facebook. All right. Well, you guys heard it here first from Jesse Wuji and me, Darius Goodman. 
And we'll be talking with you guys on the next show, next Thursday. Thursday, it's 8 to 9 p.m. on WDJY 99.1 FM.